When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Eddie Markowski. Big thanks here to uh, Dr. Rob Zadiska as he kicks off some football thoughts at Doc Talk Sports, where you can follow Dr. Rob, him and Travis Justice. Uh, their pod is fantastic. The pride of Lincoln East joins us here. Dr. Rob, how we doing, man? How's your Tuesday? Doing well. I kind of had... Not as much time outside as I'd like, but, man, it is nice out. So they don't let you do surgery outside on a nice day like today? Man, we've been working on that recently. <laughs> it, it hasn't quite panned out yet. Well, he's he's thinking about it, though. So uh, we talked to Mitch Sherman last hour, and I asked him if he was doing the show either from his patio or from his roof. He, he said no. Are you having a fairy nectar right now on the patio? <laughs> I've been, you know, I, I I still like that. I've been drinking a lot of the surly stuff. Okay, the surly stuff. Yeah, tell tell us about the surly. We need to to expand oh, our surly? repertoire. Um, oh, oh, you completely blanked me there. It's an Iowa beer. Oh, uh, well, we'll bring we'll bring you some corn. We'll bring you some. We'll bring you some cornhead lager, and we'll do a trade. How's that? There we go. Yeah. All right. Deal. We'll 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 get a we we'll get a twelve pack for you. How's that sound? Nice. I'll I'll take that. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take any twelve pack. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> there he goes. So uh, you know, I, I want to talk a little playoff and and path path to the playoff for for Nebraska and some of uh, you know rules comments uh, with his sit down with Tom Chattel. I'm uh, interested in, in in your take here Dr Dr Rob with Nebraska kind of the the first step obviously crawling before you walk and that's getting to a bowl game and and then beyond but as you look at this new Big 10 as you look at Nebraska's past place in the Big 10 you know what are your uh, your hopes for the future what's your uh, your optimism like here is is your twos around the corner with spring ball because winter conditioning's going now, but overall, how you feeling here about uh, that arrow going upward versus sideways or the other way? You know, I like the direction they're going, and obviously, it's going to be hard to tell exactly how some of these pieces fit together um, until you really start to see some lineups out there during the scrimmages and during the spring game. So, I. I Kind of one of the things I'm excited about is looking at the O-line, which, I mean, I know that's kind of obvious. Anytime you talk to an O-lineman, that's really kind of all we care about. It's all right. um, I want to see, you got some guys out of the portal like that, uh, Michael Mascua. um, He's a guy that, I mean, when he came out of Baylor a year ago, I was hoping he'd end up in Lincoln and ended up going to Florida instead for a year, but that's a guy that I think I, I think he's I think he's going to be a day one starter. Now maybe I'm wrong when I say that, um, but I'm excited to see what he can do. I like what 
I've seen developmentally from some guys like Ben Hart over the last couple of years on that offensive line. I thought he was one of the more steady performers last year, and that's not something you could say about an offensive tackle at Nebraska in the previous few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think getting a guy like Ben Scott maybe another year, a little more integrated, I think that can make a difference as well, too. Um so I, I, there, there's some things I'm excited to see, and a lot of it is on that offensive line because I think if they play well, if they can protect, if they can open some holes, you've got some great guys coming back skill-wise. You've got some new wide receivers. Obviously, Dylan's, I think, a little bit of the, the key cog there, but it's got to start up front, and with some of these guys getting a little bit more solidified within the system and getting some new talent in there like Micah, I think that could be the real difference maker. Dr. Rob, as we await spring football getting going here with practices and the eventual spring game, what are some things you're going to be listening for from coaches like Rural and Ryle? And what are some things you're going to be watching for in the spring game to see if there is development along this offensive line? I guess the best way to put it is how do you follow the offensive line during spring football if you're Dr. Rob Zadiska? You know, I guess the things I'm looking for are drive consistency. Mm-hmm. You want to see him go out there, put some drives together. I, I'm not usually all that impressed by the, the big plays, the flashy plays, the long touchdown passes, the home run type ground game runs. That's the stuff. I like. That's the stuff that doesn't impress me. I want to see him go out. I want to see consistent drives. I want to see him churn up some clock. I want to see him move the ball. And I hope we see it against the first couple units on defense because that's a that's a pretty legit Big Ten defense. I mean, they, they did a great job on the defensive side of the ball, A, of getting some guys to come back, getting some guys to stay in Lincoln, um, and hopefully some of the, the recruits they've gone after have a chance to kind of develop and fill in a few spots here. But that's a great defense. And if Nebraska's offense can go out and put those that little bit more of a consistent picture together, that's what I want to see. Dr. Rob Zadisk is with us. Hail Varsity Radio, his podcast, uh, Doc Talk Sports, him and Travis Justice. Uh, be sure to catch that if you're a Nebraska fan. I think you probably do, but a uh, friendly reminder. That's a, a great point about drive consistency because, you know, you look at Nebraska's offense last year. When they did score, Dr. Rob, it was uh, it was a big play. It was a big play downfield off of a, an option look uh, more times than not, yeah, right? Was, I mean, it was, it was almost always a, a big quarterback run. Yeah. And, and now – that's the thing now when you look at a guy like Raiola, and I mean, I, I, I think everybody's kind of, I don't know, there's a lot that can happen between now and, and this coming fall, but I mean, I think in everybody's head, we're all looking at uh, Raiola and imagining him as the starter, mm-hmm. and that's not his, that, that hasn't been his game throughout high school. I mean, right. the guy's a great athlete. The guy can move. When you look at his statistics, his season-long statistics each of the last four years, it's like 30 touchdowns, two interceptions, and 128 total yards running on the season. He's not the guy who's going to lead lead the team in rushing, 
like Nebraska quarterbacks have the last couple of years. Well, Dr. Rob, while we're talking about Dylan here, tell me, if you were in Dylan Rylo's corner advising him, how would you advise Dylan Rylo to get on the good side of his offensive line? You always hear about NFL quarterbacks buying <laughs> gifts for their offensive line. What are you telling the freshman quarterback to do? You know, I think he's a pretty heady kid. I mean, especially if you look at who his dad is. I mean, that's that's a guy that knows he knows offensive line play. He knows what those guys can do for him. And I, you just got to come in and have those guys back. You talk positively about them. The other thing that I think kind of mainly impressed me when I think about the young quarterbacks that I played with, when Brooke hit the door, when Tommy hit the door, the guys who could come in, have a sense of confidence and kind of own the huddle, the, the, the guys that had that natural leadership level of confidence, those were the guys that we as offensive linemen gravitated towards. We wanted the guys who were going to be those natural team leaders, had an ability to have a take-charge attitude, but without being cocky about it. And, I mean, Tommy could always be a little bit brash, but he wasn't like, he wasn't brash to us on the offensive line. He had a great sense of leadership, though. Um, And the other thing that always helps is give credit where credit's due. If the offensive line is doing a great job, speak highly of them. And that goes, I mean, that always goes miles. And, I mean, that's true for any sport. But, I mean, when you got a team sport with that many people involved, when you get, when you get the, the quarterback, I mean, when you get the, the leader of the offense pointing out the offensive line and giving up credit, it always goes a long way. Dr. Rob, you, you touched on the the, uh, the quarterbacks that came in during your time, and you played as a younger player, but your group, the Pipeline, you guys all came up together, and, and I mean, by your senior year, I mean, the legend is, is, is what it is. That said, you, you had to break in Brooke during a, 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 a really tough stretch, and, and he did well. Tommy, as a true freshman, got that start uh, halfway through his freshman year, and it's easier, is it, let me ask you, is, this, is it easier to insert a young quarterback uh, around a, a veteran group? And I ask that because you've got a veteran group, presumably, on the offensive line this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, and I think, that, I mean, remove age from it. We'll just talk to it in terms of experience. Yes. If you've got a veteran offensive line, if you've got an experienced offensive line, and you've also got to have that at running back and wide receiver as well, too. Man, it just goes miles with the young quarterback. And that was one of the things that I think really probably did help Tommy and Brooke early on, is that as much as you had some of the younger guys, the Zach Wiegerts, the Brendan Styes, the Aaron Grahams playing, um, we kind of had a sort of a core intermix of, fourth-year juniors, fifth-year seniors on that offensive line. And, and I mean, the, the way that that stabilizes things, it's hard to put into words. And you look at the running back position as well, too. If you've got some a couple of really good running backs who can help the quarterback out in the backfield in terms of play calling, reminders, helping with set adjustments, motion, things like that, that kind of experience, boy, it's hard to put a value on that. And, I mean, if you want a comparison of when I was down there, 
when you had a Calvin Jones, when you had a Derek Brown, um, those I mean, having that kind of experience is huge when a new quarterback comes in. Same at the wide receiver positions. When that quarterback knows what the routes are going to be, or even if the quarterback screws up and doesn't recognize the correct route, having an experienced wide receiver being able to come back to the huddle and tell him, hey, you needed to hit me on that one. Here's the route I was running. You're looking over here. You should have been looking over there. That's any kind, anytime you've got a young quarterback, veteran leadership, veteran experience at any of the other spots on that offense is going to be just absolutely imperative. Dr. Rob Zadek is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Of course, Dr. Rob and uh, Travis Justice with uh, Doc Talk Sports. Dr. Rob, hang on if you could. I need two minutes on the other side of a hard break here. Can that happen? Absolutely. All right. Dr. Rob Zadiska with us here. Hale Varsity rolls forward on a Tuesday. A couple more thoughts from uh, Dr. Rob here. Husker football thoughts as we gear into spring. And uh, Hale Varsity Radio is powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few final thoughts. Dr. Rob Zadiska with us here on Hale Varsity. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Dr. Rob, thanks again for hanging on the other side. I wanted to get your input on scheduling philosophy with Nebraska and the, the playoff formats out there. They're going to take the top four conference champs. We'll, uh, we'll get a bye uh, it'll be five conference champs, seven at large, and uh, Nebraska's got some work to do, but they're going to try and get to, to that uh, echelon of, of being a playoff team. With the Big Ten expanding, uh, it's going to be a, a helmet game or a, a name team every week. It'll be pretty awesome schedule-wise uh, if you're ready for it. That said, what would you do, put Trev's head on for a moment, and uh, let's talk about the non-conference that is a reality. You've got the Buffs next year. You've got Cincinnati that's in the Big 12. But future opponents include Tennessee and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I, I would love to play Colorado every year. I don't think I'll ever get that. But <laughs> Or Oklahoma, that said. <laughs> how, would you, how would you go about it? Do you, do you like still having a, a marquee non-conference game on the schedule even if you do expand your Big Ten conference scheduling, where maybe even ten weeks out of the year you're playing a Big Ten team. Yeah, I you know I'm kind of one of these guys, and I, I tend to lean towards. So there's a couple schools of thought here. I mean, one, and this is something I agree with. I've I've always wanted to see a little bit of a more expanded conference schedule, especially mm-hmm. now that you've got the West Coast schools in it. I mean, I'll take a couple of those schools on the schedule every single year if I can get them because it's, I mean, you've got so much quality. I mean, there's quantity too, obviously, but you've got so much quality within the conference now. I, I think it's well worth it to expand that conference schedule. I mean, go to a 10, go to an 11th mm-hmm. team. I It's you've got all the teams here, find a quality opponent, round it out and call it good. If they stay with a 10 team, if they go with, if they go to a 10 team schedule again, I'm good with that. But we've got the numbers within the big 10 now 
to put together an incredibly tough schedule, and I do think you have to have that. I don't think you can hide behind a weaker schedule. Um, and, and part of the reason I say that, too, is I think going forward, there's going to be an increased power shift to the Big Ten and the SEC. Not that there isn't already, but I think that power shift is only going to increase. And I think when you see that playoff picture going forward, I think you're going to see a heavier and heavier Big Ten and SEC flavor. And if those are the two power conferences, it's only going to help you to schedule teams from your own conference, schedule marquee non-conference games between the Big Ten and the SEC, and I think ultimately that's where um, I think that's where the long-term success in terms of making it to the playoffs is going to is going to end up at. I, I I know a lot of people say, well, you want to get a couple extra wins, you want that extra win on the schedule. Um, I, I just don't think there's value in quote unquote hiding behind weaker opponents and going with that surefire win non-conference schedule. I think. Ultimately, I think the best route to go is go with the tougher schedule. Well, Dr. Rod, let me pose a, a hypothetical here for you. Let's say Matt Rule comes to you and says, hey, we have our three non-conference games. We're only going to go one power five, and we want to lock in a former Big 8 or Big 12 school to be an annual opponent that we can play in our non-conference schedule. Which former Big 8 or Big 12 school are you drafting for Nebraska to play every single season? I'm probably going Kansas State. I mean, part of the well, – I'd say Kansas State or Oklahoma State because, again, it's, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I've got nostalgia for Iowa State. I got nostalgia from, um, no, I love the Big Eight on the whole. I mean, let's be clear. I just, I'm trying to look at this from the, from the standpoint of what would help Nebraska. And I think you've got to go with the, the strongest potential opponent. And so, it's got to be a Kansas State, an Oklahoma State, a Baylor, maybe a TCU. It's got to be somebody that somebody that that people are going to look at and find value in that team as an opponent. How about Lawrence? I mean, Leipold's killing it down there. Um, you know, that's actually. I mean, there's a lot of truth there. I mean, and I do think I do think Kansas is a solid school. The thing I worry about with Kansas is that as well as Leipold has done there, mm-hmm. um, he's not the youngest guy. Sure, he's not su- he's not super old either. I do worry about how long he's there. Is he going to be there seven years from now, six years mm-hmm. from now? Sure. The other thing is is how much um, how much weight is Kansas going to put on football going forward? I'm sure they love Leipold. I'm sure they love winning football games. It's a basketball school. The emphasis, the value there has always been placed on basketball. When you look at Kansas State, Kansas State puts a huge value on football. Oklahoma State puts a huge value on football. Those are the things that I look at in terms of where are those programs going to be. If Nebraska locks them in for an every-year type of contest, you want to have those schools that do put a high value on football because those are the schools that five years from now, ten years from now, are most likely going to be playing high-level football. No, K-State and Kleiman would be would be fun, and 
you know what, uh, you, you get a tune-up that can can really enhance your resume, and if you drop one by a field goal, it can't kill your resume. Where Before we say goodbye, uh, are you cold? Do you have any warmth for Missouri? Well, I mean, they're already an SEC school. So. That's true. So but, I, 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 I just never cared for Missouri. <laughs> They, they were that team. They, they were sort of like Oklahoma like. They'd always sneak that weird win over Nebraska back in the 70s. That, always, that would always just sort of tick you off. So, um, I don't know. I just, I never had any love or nostalgia for them. Now, on the basketball side, Norm Stewart, some of those battles within the old Big Eight, that was great stuff. That stuff I loved. So, which, by the way, I got to correct myself. I said earlier, Surly. I called it an Iowa beer. My mistake. It's a it's a Minnesota beer. I don't know why I was thinking Iowa, but um, it's a it's a Minneapolis beer. It's a great one. My my son plays football up at Augustan in South South Dakota, and so we're always up there. So you get all the Minnesota beers when you're up there in Sioux Falls. But if you get a chance, go find some Surly. It's a good one. We'll do it, Doctor Rob, Rob. Last stop before we get you out. I saw. Your daughter picked up a state title with about the last 30 seconds we have here. Did you ever pick up any state titles, or has she now officially won up to you? Dr. Rob, you, get, you have us? Oh, I think I lost you guys there for a sec. I was just asking, with the last about 15 seconds we have here, I saw your daughter picked up a state title last Congrats. week. Congrats. Congrats on that. Has she officially won up to you, or uh, did you pick up a state title back in the day? I have zero. I my kids have more state medals than I ever had. Not that that's hard to do, because I got zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, good work uh, with the kids. And uh, we'll check in next time, and we'll be uh, listening for the, the next uh, uh, Doc Talk pod. But thanks for a few minutes today. Absolutely. You guys have a great rest of the evening. All right. Appreciate him. Dr. Rob Zadiska with us here. We'll wind out a Tuesday next.